It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest from Hawaii is Augie T. He's going to be headlining at the Comedy Works at the Plaza January 16th, 17th, and 18th at 9 p.m. For ticket information, go to plazahotelcasino.com. And for everything about Augie T, go to augieT.com and follow him on Twitter at Augie T. And Augie, welcome to the show. Aloha from Hawaii. Aloha. And I know I had originally booked Don Ho, but hey, listen, you're a good second. <laughs> you know, uh, I remember working with Don as a young comic, and this is where it's crazy because Don started really catering to the tourists. So, you know, people would come from all over the world to see Don hosting Tiny Bubbles. And what he used to do is like feature the local talent. And I was like his little brown boy that uh, he put on the side. While he was, you know, he sat there, you know, on on a piano, and I would sit there, and and he would let me tell stories about where I grew up, because you know I uh, I grew up, believe it or not, in Hawaii, we have ghettos. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, we have ghettos. We have, we have public housing, and right. he thought that was funny. Yeah, he you grew that, you grew you up know. in you grew up in public housing. Yes, I did. I grew up in public housing, and. And he thought it was funny that, you know, uh, a kid from the public housing is doing comedy in Waikiki. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, Don, Don is a, we call him Uncle Don. Uh, you know, he helped me early on in my career, um, kind of understanding what it's like performing in Waikiki. You have an interesting background. And you, you mentioned about that. I was going to say small world, but really it's a small island. Because yeah. everybody knows everybody else. You started at a very funny age. You were in the fourth grade when you suddenly mm -hmm. realized you're a funny guy, evidently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was sitting, I was sitting, uh, my, my, my auntie brought me to a concert. I saw a guy who I was, I grew up, you know, idolizing, blew me away. And and next thing you know, and I started performing in classrooms as a way to, like, uh, you know, get out of doing uh, other things, like work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let us yeah. say possibly illegal things based on some of the crowd. Yes, yes. Course, definitely. Yes, yeah. of course. Well, what's interesting, too, is that, you know, Hawaii, I think everybody knows that Las Vegas is considered a ninth Hawaiian island. It's just that so yep. many... Hawaiians love to come to Las Vegas. We love it when they come. There's about 5,000 Hawaiians that live, or maybe even more at this point, in, in Las Vegas. Thirty to 40,000, I think, Filipinos that live in Las Vegas as well. Mm -hmm. I, I think even more. I said 5,000, but I think it's actually closer to 30,000 Hawaiians that may be in Las Vegas. Yeah. I've seen different yeah. figures and statistics. So, You know, some also, some people believe it's up to maybe 100,000. Yep, yep. Exactly. I know. Originally, I said five thousand, but I remember working on some stuff years ago, and it was up to about forty, fifty thousand. So I'm going to retract my original projection and say that there are at least fifty thousand Hawaiians in Las Vegas, and they are waiting mm -hmm. for Augie T. <laughs> I hope so. They are. I hope so. I do three shows, and you know, 
you know what's so nice about doing comedy on the mainland? You know, I do a very Hawaii act, and it's funny because I go there and people want to hear me do a Hawaii act. So it's it's weird because a lot of times the guys that did comedy when I was growing up had to cater their material because of the tourists and because they have to travel to the mainland. But we have so much Hawaiians now that live all across the you know, the mainland that when I go and I perform, there's a hand and a bunch load of Hawaiians and you know, they don't wanna they don't want me to do the crossover act. They want a Hawaiian act and, and so I'm so thankful that the comedy works and has given me this opportunity because man I, I think we bring such a uniqueness only because we're so ethnically diverse. So what's happening is like a lot of the mainland comics, they come to Hawaii and they see people that look like them because, you know, we're a very ethnically diverse community. And, uh, uh, and, and we love comedy here. And, you know, guys like Joe Coy sell out 11 shows in Hawaii. Amazing. Uh, Angela Johnson sells, you know, Everybody's fluffy. Everybody sells. And all you have to do is just a little bit of Hawaii comedy. And, man, you're a hit. You know, so uh, I'm looking forward to making 50,000, maybe close to 100,000 Hawaiians listening to your podcast, you know, uh, to come out and, and, and enjoy a night of uh, Hawaii comedy. And even everybody else who maybe visited the islands didn't know that there's a subculture that speak a certain way, that act a certain way. And if you love our culture, then you'll love to act. Absolutely. And and what's interesting, too, is I have the feeling that when you perform on the mainland, as you call it, but we, we are mm-hmm. the ninth Hawaiian island, but when you perform mm-hmm. here, I have the suspicion that you really don't have to have a meal in the restaurant at the hotel. I have a feeling <laughs> that that you, you're taken home to various families and you are fed while you're here. I don't it's so crazy because I have family members and already they're already trying to plan my three days. And I went, there you go. Oh, you know, I'm in the middle of a campaign and uh, my wife hasn't really paid attention. I haven't really paid attention to my wife the last two weeks. So I'm going, I love you guys, but I'm going to spend some time with the wife and enjoy <laughs> uh, Vegas. Yes, you absolutely. Know? <laughs> we should point out that when you said campaign, you were actually running for a city council seat in Honolulu. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It you is know, crazy. Eight years of you know bringing joy to people's lives here in Hawaii. You know, I uh, I just felt like man, I want to serve. It's a, I know it sounds crazy, and even people here like people thought it was a joke, but you know, there's a side of me that. And loves people, you know, and that's the reason why I stayed in it for so long. I love talking to people. I love making people laugh. And I just felt like, you know, at 51 years old, you know, let's go try this thing called politics. So, you know, I'm uh, currently, I made the announcement yesterday. I, you know, I'm going to run for city council, you know, in one of the nine seats held here in uh, on Oahu. Well, just to let you know, you're not the only comedian in, in politics because the president of Ukraine was a comedian. How's that? I know, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now you've got me inspired. Maybe I'll run for dog catcher. I don't you know. you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know. I tell people, if you want to see, like, chaos 
at the highest level. And if you want to understand why, you know, uh, you know, I, and I, and it's so funny because I know win or lose, there's gonna come, there's gonna be a lot of material, you know, to a year from now, just going through this process, going door to door, and really trying to understand how government works. And I think if more people got involved and more people served, they would not be so critical because it's chaos, you know, and hard and work too. It is. It is hard work and. You know, uh, I'm excited. I'm well, excited. We'll see what happens. I want to talk a little bit about how you, with your sense okay. of humor, because, you know, as you mentioned, that the humor that you do, there's a crossover humor you do, but also, obviously, a lot of stuff specific to Hawaii, which mm-hmm. is, appeals yeah. to, obviously, Hawaiians. So mm-hmm. when you look at your humor, are you basing yeah. it more on humans or on situations or both? Well, you know, it's so weird because I think, you know, with language, a lot of people really don't listen. Like, you know, it, there's real studies on how people don't listen. People respond more to body language. So I'm a very physical comic. And, you know, when you, whether or not you understand what I'm doing or whether or not you've been to Hawaii, the stories that I tell relates to maybe you've heard a family member go through that same incident. Maybe you have a family member that's doing, because I tell a lot of stories, yeah, of growing up. I tell a lot of stories about being married. I tell, a lot of, I tell you know, I, I talk about having two openly gay sons, you know, uh, which at the time when I started talking about them some 17 years ago, and I won't go into it because I, I talk a little bit about it in the act, people were so against it because, you know, people thought I was teasing. This is 17 years ago when I first started talking about it, you know, and amazing how times have changed. I was in Washington, D.C. two months ago, and I figured I opened with, you know, talking about my gay sons, and I should have got there early, looked at the the demographics of the area that I was in, and (laughs) I was doing comedy in a heavily uh, gay community, so nobody laughed at the joke. Even though it was personal to you and you were supportive, obviously, of your yeah. of your kids. Yeah. So people, is funny. And then I realized, okay, because uh, no, I woke up the next morning and I saw a really big guy holding hands with a little small Japanese guy. And I went, ah, no wonder. Okay. I had to, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, next time I should have uh, really uh, understand my demographics because I drove in from Baltimore. And by the time I got to Washington, D.C., I was 45 minutes away from jumping on stage, really never know the demographics. <laughs> so <laughs> that and, you know, like, the you know, what I try to do is, like, you know, I've been to Vegas so many times, but, like, I try to associate, like, uh, the local guy's experience in your town. Right. So, but I never get to do that because I got in late. So usually I get in early, I do the mall, I walk the mall. I, I talk to people, I ask, you know, what's happening in town that's big, you know, and I kind of get a feel of the town, but that never happened that day. So generally, and, uh, you, your routine generally is to localize. So when you go to a market, you're getting a sense of what's in the headlines, what's in the local population, yeah. and, and you can integrate that into your act. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no, that makes yep. perfect sense. You're a hard worker because you've been at this a long time, and you don't stop, and... 
that's the impressive part. You, you've obviously had ups and downs, which everybody has, but you mm -hmm. knew what you wanted to do from, as I mentioned earlier, the fourth grade, and you're mm -hmm. continuing to do it. And if it works out on the city council, you'll be doing stand up at the meetings. And if it doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't work out, then you'll be having new material, as you said, for the process that you yeah. went through. Yeah. You know, my, my campaign manager hates it when I say, you know, win or lose, I'm winning. Because <laughs> yeah, right. for 28 years, the people in Hawaii have saw me, you know, do the most ridiculous thing. And the, the nice thing about it is I, I uh, you know, I work clean. So I built a reputation in Hawaii as somebody that worked clean, honest, you know, told the truth. And uh, so when I'm doing door to door, People are like amazed that I'm at their front door. So, you know, we live in an island. There's a million people that live on Oahu. And there's a lot of people, you know, but it's still tight-knit. It's still a nice, small community. So, you know, I'm walking and I'm knocking on people's door and they see me at the door. It's like, whoa, what? And I go, you know, running for city council. And they're like, oh, my God, really? And that's the exciting part of that. In the last 28 years, I did something right. Nobody saw me stumbling out of the bar drunk. Nobody, you know, uh, heard me doing anything. I, I kept it super clean. And like you said, you know, I work hard. And, and I, because I, I, I honestly believe that, uh, you know, this became a career some 15 years ago. And I used it to support my family. And I always kept a day job. So, you know, uh, you're still you're still keeping a day job. You're on you're on a radio there as well. Yeah. So you yeah, keep doing morning radio. Yeah. Now, before we take mm -hmm. a break, I want to point out that okay. you, you have such an effective campaign, although it's it's a little bit expanded because you were knocking on my door campaigning and I'm here <laughs> in Las Vegas. So something's wrong. <laughs> Let's take a you break. <laughs> All right. My guest, Augie T, he'll be headlining the Comedy Works at the Plaza January 16th, 17th and 18th at 9 p.m. For ticket information, go to plazahotelcasino.com. And for everything about Augie T., Go to AugieT.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at AugieT. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. There's something new at the Neon Museum. The emerging technology of light mapping brings old signs back to life. Forgotten artifacts of our past that once blazed in the Las Vegas night are reanimated in a dazzling immersion of sight and sound. You've never seen anything like it because there's never been anything like it. Brilliant, a Neon Museum experience. Performances nightly. Join the experience now at neonmuseum.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Augie T. Not Mr. T, Augie T. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta tell you, yeah. uh, I'm running I'm running an ad. I'm running an ad right now. People always ask me, what does the T stands for? And the reason why I'm using T because my last name, Tolba, for some reason when you look at it, people like mispronounce the name. They call me Tuba, Tubala. <laughs> and, you know, and I have a Filipino dad, so my Filipino dad. Filipinos are very prideful people. They love, their, they, and like my dad wanted to make sure that people say my name correctly. So, you know, uh, there's an ad that I'm running right now where I say, you know, uh, 
I've been doing this for 28 years. People always ask me why I use T, and I get people trying to pronounce my last name. And I go, that is the reason why. No, that's a great idea. So, I, and just for people just tuning in, I'm talking with Ice T, who will be headlining. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, do it. <laughs> there might be a lot of people coming to see Ice T. I know, but Augie T, A U G I E, Augie T, he'll be headlining in the Comedy Works at the Plaza January 16th, 17th, and 18th at 9 p.m. For ticket information, go to plazahotelcasino.com. And for everything about Augie T, you can go to augieT.com and you can follow him on Twitter at, at Augie T. And Augie, once you start the political stuff, that, that can consume. Well, let me put it this way. Your wife called me and said, he's no longer talking to me. He's out. He's knocking on doors. I said, you know what? I said, he just knocked on my door, and I'm not even in Hawaii. So I don't know. It's, it's a lot of work, and I appreciate the fact that you're a hard worker. <laughs> now, you're also, just for the record, you're dyslexic, and you have ADHD. How crazy is that, right? It is very crazy. How do you surmount that and become as successful as you, as you have? You know, I, you know, I, one of the things that, you know, I talk about, like, how teachers really pave, you know, a great road for me. Uh, there are a lot of teachers that really took the time out to help me. And I'm telling you, man, if it wasn't for teachers that cared, you know I mean, a lot of times teachers in this day and age get picked on because, you know, they're more babysitters than educators now. And I just think, man, you know, we used to admonish teachers. You know, I remember growing up, they would ask, what you want to be when you grow up? It was either president or teacher, policeman, right? You know, right. Admonish them the way, you know, we used to growing up. And if it wasn't for teachers really taking the time out to, like, help me, you know, uh, gain the confidence that I needed, Oh, man, I wouldn't be talking to you, Ira, honestly, because, you know, I grew up in a, a very uh, tough neighborhood. My dad was a raging alcoholic. If it wasn't for teachers taking the time out to tell me that they believe in me and that I can do amazing things, I know it sounds crazy, but, like, that sparked something that made me, like, do the things that I'm doing now. Well, I, it's clear that you had it in you because it, yes, it did take people like Ms. Mura, mm -hmm. so right to, to to inspire you. But in order to be inspired, you have to have something within you to re, to respond to somebody who can inspire you. Right. So you had right. it in yeah. you, and you just you picked the right direction, at least for you. In other words, you you mm -hmm. wanted to be a comedian. Now you're going to be you're doing all kinds of stuff. But the fact that that initial so at a, such an early age, to fourth grade. Uh, so yeah. to know that is amazing, and I, well, you know, I took that I took that discipline all the way until, you know, I started boxing. So, you know, I was the 1985 Golden Glove champion here in Hawaii. That's amazing. And you know, the guy that you beat, he's not going to vote for you. <laughs> I just have the feeling. <laughs> I think I got my opening act, ladies and gentlemen. It's Ira. Come on. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll uh, see. <laughs> it's so funny because those guys, you know, still reach out to me. You know, they kind of believe that I actually, you know, do the things that I'm doing now. You know, it's so funny. You see them and they look all old and like just, you know, like, hey, you guys okay? You guys all right? You know, uh, <laughs> But, like, you know, it, 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 I've had a very fruitful life, Ira. 
And you you're know, you're so relatively young too, and so I know you have about five kids. Yeah, and play, and you're the life of wife. So you have a great family life. You, as you said, you work clean. You're now going into politics. You've recorded mm -hmm. DVDs. You've appeared on television and radio. You've done major concerts, and so that's why it's exciting. It's you know, I'm 51. I'm 51, and that you know I get called to do the comedy works. Believe it or not, some 15 years ago I walked into the same theater. And saw a guy perform. I even forgot his name. I just kind of wandered in. And I was actually there to do a radio broadcast. And I went in and I looked at the room and I was like, wow, how nice is this? This is before the renovation. But, like, you know, I was a up-and-coming local comic in Hawaii. And I'm a fan of comedy. So I love watching comics. I love laughing. And I walked into the Plaza Theater some 15 years ago and, you know, never expecting to ever play the room. So it's almost surreal to me. And at the same time, you know, I, I believe that when you work hard and you throw things out there, uh, the universe answers. <laughs> it does. It's almost coming full circle in that sense because you walk into the showroom and it's a classic showroom and then you see somebody there, a performer, a comedian, and now mm -hmm. you're coming in to perform as well. And you're right. It's it's all kind it's at at various levels. Now, you mentioned you were fifty one, which tells me that you will not win again the Pacific Business News forty under forty. <laughs> I just have that theory based on that. <laughs> That differentiation. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm already at that. You know, I got my AARP card down the day. I was so fired up. I was like, oh man, this is unbelievable. But yeah, but uh, yeah, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna you're too, happen. You're too young for an AARP card yet, but at least you have one, so why not? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your experiences in Las Vegas. You mentioned you've, you've been here so many times. And yeah. the first time was clearly when you walked into the showroom. But were there other comedians you remember seeing in Las Vegas? And I know that growing up, you had a lot of comedians mm -hmm. that influenced you, including, well, I'll let you say who the, what the best yeah, ones were. Well, you know, there were like, you know, guys like, you know, Richard Pryor, of course, Eddie Murphy. Right. You know, I like George Lopez. I, right. uh, all, all major Filipino comedians. Correct. Yes. All of them. You know, the nice thing is that. I, because I worked in a comedy club in Waikiki, I got to see a lot of road comics and people don't realize some of the funniest guys are like the road comics that, that never ever get their shot to be on national TV. But these guys are grinding weekend, week out, performing, you know? And uh, I remember seeing Ray Romano in Hawaii. And I remember Ray telling me, why do you want to go on the road? <laughs> it's like, this is somebody who, you know, uh, got a TV show because, you know, uh, David Letterman gave him an opportunity, but before that, he was on the road. He was like, Augie, I was on the road, and, you know, you're like one out of a million comics just waiting to get called or to be seen, and you got an audience here, work on your audience, and, and the, the God's honest truth is that because I was raising a family, I stayed in Ireland and I worked hard here, working, changing my act, you know, working on my act. And so when I went and I 
and I went to when I traveled to Vegas, I would go and I watch shows and whenever I'm at a comedy club and I'm watching a comic, it takes me back to the first time where I you know, I put on a, a headphones to listen to Rodney Dangerfield. And then that excitement that, that like this guy's taking you on a nice roller coaster ride and I still feel that way. You know, I'm not I'm not doing comedy as much because I you know, I'm um I'm doing, you know, politics now. Right. But I'm a huge fan. You know, Jerry Lewis, the timing with the guy, Don Rickles, some of the young comics now, uh, like, not even the young comics, like Bill Barr, who's about the same age as me, you know, Joe Rogan, uh, Nick DiPaolo, who plays at the Plaza and Comedy Works. To look at the, you know, the, the upcoming dates on who's performing at the Plaza gets me excited because... You know, I can say, hey, I was there. You I were, was there absolutely. January 16th and 17th on the same stage as guys I grew up listening, like Nick DiPaolo. And so it's it's almost surreal for me. And I'm I'm hoping that a lot of you Hawaii people that live on the Nine Island come out and, and support and laugh. I mean, 20 bucks, come on. <laughs> so wait a minute let me see if i understand you're paying them 20 bucks to come see you oh no no yeah 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 come on 20 bucks okay yeah you're right it's yeah, the other way around 20. no that makes yeah, sense other way around. and here's the thing if you don't laugh augie will take his boxing gloves and challenge you to a fight <laughs> yeah i don't think i can do that a couple of weeks ago, Ira, I reached for my remote control and I pulled something in my back. <laughs> so I go to the doctor this week, Ira, and the doctor goes, Augie, you always had it. It's just that now you're 51. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's funny. And, I mean, it's not funny, know, it hurts, but I know what you're saying because we all have that where you, you make a wrong move and you have the advantage. You, you don't have to dance on stage. You could stand there and not move a muscle and be yeah. funny, which is great. Do you you always talk about the the effect of a live performance rather than mm -hmm. a recording or a movie or a television show? You're in front of a live audience, and you can see mm -hmm. them and hear them reacting to you. Is that the most satisfying aspect of that for you? It's the most craziest high anybody can get. You know, when they talk about fear, right? A lot of people have a fear of public speaking. So can you imagine you overcome that? and you talk, and then people respond. I mean, that's like the most craziest feeling, uh, adrenaline you get. Like, I cannot go sleep after a show. I would like imagine my, not, yeah. I'm at a high, even when the show never go as well as you think. You know, the fact that you're performing and you work it out and you make these, you know, you, 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 almost challenging the audience or, you know, you're battling with the audience, this back and forth game. And uh, it gets, it gets pretty exciting, you know, for me, you know, um, I, you know, I, uh, I, I love the adrenaline and when I don't do it for a long time and I get on stage and I do a good job, I just, man, I, you know, I miss it so much. Yeah. And then so, when you come I'm out, excited. yeah. And when you said, talk about battling the audience, so you do come out on stage with boxing gloves on. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I think for me, I fought 147 times, Ira. So from the age of 12, I fought all the way until I was 26, you know, and the same feeling like walking up to the ring 
not knowing what to expect when you get in the ring, that adrenaline, that feeling, I understand it. And it's a lot easier for me because unlike boxing, nobody's going to punch me in the face. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and every time people, like I've been getting interviewed the last couple of days with politics, I go, you realize I'm not, like, you know, how do you feel about this opponent? I go, I got punched in the face. Since I was 12 years old, I could care less about what people are saying about me. You know what I mean? There's nothing worse than yes. <laughs> looking across the ring <laughs> and someone is trying to take your head off. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. People Every booing you, people criticizing you, people not laughing at a joke is nothing compared to getting swing at. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I love the, I love the adrenaline. I love the I love the feeling. Well, that's a, a great way to end it. My guest has been the very funny Augie T. He'll be headlining in the Comedy Works at the Plaza, January sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth at nine p.m. with possibly me as the opening act. For ticket information, right. <laughs> go to <laughs> come on. <laughs> for ticket information, go to plazahotelcasino.com. And for everything about Augie T, go to augiet.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Augie T. Augie, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ira. And, you know, it's a very local act. But when you come and if you love Hawaii, you love the feeling of aloha, that's what you'll get. You know, because I'm hoping that a lot of Hawaiians that live on the Nine Island will come out and we can show the aloha spirit for the people that's going to be in there that's not from Hawaii. And that, that infectious thing that we call the aloha spirit. I'm hoping that I'll bring that next week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Ira. Perfect. Augie, thanks. See you next time. Aloha. Aloha. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah,